Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Robcast. This is episode 332, and it's called Hope Part 2, because there was a part one, so you knew a part two was coming. And this one, well, obviously it's about hope, but this one specifically is about energy. It's about your energy and understanding the giving of your energies and how that profoundly shapes your understanding of what hope even is. So in other parts, part three, part four, part wherever, we'll get to the news, how, how you think about the news, because the news says it's the news, but it's not the news, so we're going to have to explore that. We're going to spend some time in, in a later part uh, talking about the scoreboard and understanding that when a lot of people use the word hope, they're actually referring to a rating and evaluation system that they use to determine what they think, feel, and believe about the world and how it's doing and where it's headed. So we have to just pull that apart a bit to see how that is always going to lead to more uh, hopelessness. And uh, we're also going to have to, at some point, deal with the endless obsession with saviors and messiahs in business, politics, uh, relations, obviously religion, that are all actually rooted in a deep hopelessness based on a flawed view of what it means to be a human. So all that stuff, we'll get to all that. We got plenty of time. But this one, this one is about energy. And I specifically, I want to talk to those of you who are all over the place, who your sense of hope depends on the day, depends on what you saw on the internet this morning, or who you talk to, or what they said. Does this sound familiar? You're up, you're down, you're here, you're there. I want to talk to those of you specifically who, how hopeful you are is directly tied to what you just absorbed. So some days the world's going to be okay, you feel positive. Other days you feel profoundly cynical about humanity. It's this feeling of being endlessly tossed back and forth. Now, an important distinction here. I'm not talking about the very real emotions and responses that arise within us in response to the events of our lives. Sadness, joy, longing, grief, euphoria. Like right now, talking to you, recording this episode. Uh, there are a couple things I'm grieving. There are a number of things that I am like so excited about. I have sadness, some deep sadness I'm carrying around, some sadness I've been carrying around for a long time. I also, right now, if I just uh, put, put my hand on my heart, I have this uh, innocent, earnest anticipation about, about what is unfolding in my life at this moment. So, man, I have, probably like you, I got so many things I'm carrying around in there. And that's what makes it all so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when we talk about being tossed back and forth, I'm not talking about the very real responses, the things that arise within us uh, as we have the experiences that we do. I'm talking about in relation to hope, being undisciplined and unfocused with your energies. 
giving so much of your energy and presence and your eyes to so much rubbish and nonsense and issues way outside your playing field that you end up keeping all kinds of things in circulation and then wondering why your world is the way it is and wishing you had more hope or that you felt better about your life or the future or the world or whatever, as if this isn't something that you have been actively creating by giving your energies to it. So this is what we're going to explore in this episode. How you can consciously give your energies and attention to things in a way that they start coming back to you and it creates a creation loop that you're actually participating in exactly the kind of creation of a world that you don't actually want to participate in. So the giving of our energies and understanding how this works is central to an entirely new understanding of hope. So here's a way in this episode, here, uh, here's a way of talking about this. I have a friend named Chris, a beloved friend who lives in Nashville, Tennessee, and he is, he is a supporter of his local professional football team, which are called the Tennessee Titans. So this American football team, they play in the NFL, National Football League, professional football team, and the Titans, the Tennessee Titans, it's spelled T-I-T-A-N-S, Titans, like, you know, Giants. Titans fans <laughs> say something to each other as like, uh, it's like what supporters say to each other. They say to each other before a game, hey, tighten up. <laughs> tighten up, man. Tighten up, bro. <laughs> Sometimes Chris, before a Titans game, will text me a couple weeks ago before the season opener game. He texted me across the country with no horse in the Tennessee Titans race. He texts me, tighten up, Rob. I have, tight, I have texted him before during the football season. Tighten up, Chris. <laughs> Sports fans are awesome. Tighten up. Okay. So this... <laughs> This episode, yeah, when it comes to hope, if you want to live with hope, in hope, you, you want hope so to be the way that you are that you probably aren't even using the word that much, then, then you got to tighten up. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know some of you were like, where is he going? Is he going to bring that back around? Uh, but, but this for this episode, I mean tighten up like T-I-G-H-T-E-N. You got you to gotta tighten up those energies. <laughs> you got to you got to pay more attention to what you're giving your energies to. You got to tighten that up. So I'm going to say on the front end, for those of you, I give you this phrase, the spelling has changed on behalf of all Tennessee Titans friends as represented by my friend Chris in Nashville. This phrase as we go forward here. When you think about hope. Yeah. There's a number of things here that for lots of people, you got to tighten that up. Yeah, you got to tighten that up because the energies are all over the place. Yeah. So you're wondering, you'd like to have more hope. But, oh, God, the, what you're giving your energies to is so profoundly undisciplined and unfocused. It's all over the place, and it's creating a loop that's feeding it all back to you. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad had this phrase that uh, if, some, if somebody's yard or something was messy, 
And because of where he was coming from and the world that he came from, having things neat and orderly and clean was like a huge, huge deal. And so, like, if we were driving, if you were driving by a house and like they had a bunch of things in the front yard, like cars parked to the front lawn, because that was what he was, he was like building a world. He didn't want to build a world like that. He wanted, he wanted a new kind of world. So he would, he would get so frustrated when things were really messy. And he had this phrase, he'd be like, oh, He's just so visibly agitated. He'd be like, oh, God, Rob, oh, man, look at that mess. That's to just spread out like a dog's breakfast. <laughs> that was his phrase. That was my dad's phrase if something was really messy. Oh, oh look at that mess. Just spread out like a dog's breakfast. <laughs> Once again, a phrase you can use. Uh, that thing looks like a, that's like a, that's messy. That's like a dog's breakfast. You got to tighten that up. <laughs> now that I think about it, what dogs had my dad seen eat breakfast? Like, is this a thing? I never thought as a kid to ask him, dad, like when you were a kid, did you have a dog? Like, what, what were you feeding it? What happened? Like, as far as I know, you put the food in a bowl the dog sticks their face in the bowl, blocks out all of the created order, and just devours what's in the bowl, right? It's actually quite neat and precise. <laughs> what are you feeding your dog that it's spread out all over the place? <laughs> oh, I love it. Man, there's two gems. That's some pure gold I'm handing you in the first couple of minutes. Tighten up and spread out like a dog's breakfast. But actually, it's a, that's a, when I was thinking about this episode, I kept thinking, because uh, I've seen this, especially working with people on whatever they're working on, how often you, you, the energies are all over the place. It's a mess. So we got to clean that up. Got to clean that up. Yeah. So your energies and what you give them to. Yeah, this is how the world tilts. Yeah. Yeah, do not underestimate this. So that's where, that's where we're headed here. But first, let's do just a bit of review. A bit of review from part one. So first off, very straightforward, very simple, very elegant. It's all one. It's a seamless unity. All parts exist within wholes. So what we're doing is we're learning how one it all actually is, how all parts exist within wholes, how div all divisions take place within unities, yeah, how all colors take place within the category of... Uh, uh, how all colors take place within the one category of color, how loud and quiet, however different they appear, and those distinctions are real. Those are two separate things, loud and quiet, and yet they exist within the whole of what we know to be sound. So it's all one. It's a seamless unity. And so last episode, we explored the grocery store. Some people put some things on some shelves, but what they're putting on the shelves is shaped by what you and I purchase. So while there is a separation, I don't work in the store, I didn't put things on the shelves, I take things off the shelves, that separation takes place within a larger unity, which we know to be the grocery store, that we are actively shaping and forming. Same with traffic. 
to whatever degree there is traffic as a thing outside of you, if you are in traffic, then you are shaping it. So there is traffic, but there is no traffic without I am traffic. <laughs> yeah. So however much the world is out there, there is no world out there that isn't a world that you are in and actively shaping. And we know this from quantum physics, it's quantumly true. The witness to it, the observation of the particle, shapes what the particle even does. This extends all the way to your existence itself. Yeah. You are something the universe is doing. Yeah, so there's a universe out there, and that is true. There is a universe beyond you, beyond me, and yet it is also something we are within because we are a part of it, and we are something the universe is doing. See, so for so many people in the modern world, the conditioning and the indoctrination was into separation. That was the dominant understanding, as if the universe was something else somewhere else. Yeah. And by the way, side note, there's always someone who has a vested interest in keeping the separation in play, because this setup works for them. It gives them whatever, power, prestige, money, a paycheck, whatever. So you realizing that you help shape it is actually a very disruptive truth. So it can sound very esoteric, like I just started on, it's a seamless unity, it's all one, blah, 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 right? That can sound like just dribble and nonsense, like it's just rambling about stuff about the universe. Uh, oneness and unity can all sound very squishy, right? Sort of vague and sort of, yeah, let's talk about something real. But, but these truths, as you become aware of them, have very real world economic, political, systemic, and relational edges to them. Because as you become aware of how one it is and how you are a part of it, you in the same breath are becoming aware of how shapeable and malleable it is, how soft the clay actually is, how it can actually be altered and shifted and shaped. Yeah, so, so if you have a vested interest in this particular arrangement, politically, economically, whatever, remaining how it is because it works for you, more and more people discovering that it is not a passive world outside of them they can do nothing about, but that we are all shaping it, that, that can actually be terrifying. Yeah, the universe, well, let's, let's use a big word here, shall we? The universe is omnicentric, yeah. Fascinating because it's an expanding universe. So omnicentric means everywhere in an expanding universe is the center of the universe. Yeah, everywhere is a center. So you are in the center and I am in the center. Yeah, and we're all a part of it. We all belong. Yeah. That by the way, other there are no tangents, right? This is why exclusion is so silly and absurd. Somebody can push you out, right? You know, maybe, maybe a, of a club <laughs> or a group of people, yeah, but, but like exclusion actually isn't possible because we are all part of it. Yeah. So there is me and there is you having this experience that we are having. Yeah, sure, fine. But 
you are an experience the universe is having. You're having an experience of the universe, but you and I, you are an experience the universe is having. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so obvious, so simple, so true. But, but stay with me here, because notice how this then begins to build. Because all parts exist within holes, because we are constantly shaping and forming it, simply by our presence, our eyeballs, nevertheless our, our actions, we are constantly creating and shaping and guiding it. If you click on that headline, then there will be more of those headlines. More of those will show up in your newsfeed. And feed is actually an important word here, and we'll come back to it several times. Think about a news feed. A news feed is all of the articles that are being sent to you. But it's actually a feed both ways. Because you are constantly clicking and giving your eyeballs and energy to certain headlines. And so what the news feed does is you feed it, and then it feeds you. Can you see and feel that loop? Yeah. Newsfeed is wonderfully named. It only names half of it, but a newsfeed, you are constantly telling it what you would like to be fed, and then it comes back around to you. You feed it, it feeds you. There's a loop there. And so if you have a newsfeed that is curated or selected or guide, guide, your newsfeed is a loop that you are actively participating and creating. So what you give it, the data and clicks and information you give it, comes back to you. You give it that energy, and then that energy comes back around. You buy that food in that store, you just told the people who run that store, more of this, please. First uh, uh, part one, we talk, I talked about, you sit through those stories that person always tells, they always tells those stories. You sit through those stories, they'll probably keep telling those stories. So the next time you sit down with them, they'll probably start in again. So when we talk about uh, waking up, growing up, showing up, <laughs> becoming more aware, more mature, what we're doing is we're growing in our awareness of our role in all of this. What first appeared to us like parts, why do they always do that? We are growing in our understanding, oh, I let them do that. Yeah. So I actually am participating. I am actually helping create this. Now, think about that person who, uh, that person who you bail that person out again and again. Yeah, does that sound familiar? Yeah, you bail them out again, and then they find themselves in that situation again, expecting you to bail them out again. Or you react strongly to this person who goes on an insane rant filled with all sorts of fake news and misinformation, and then you get all wound up about it, and they love the reaction they got because it makes them feel seen because the world doesn't feel like a place that sees them. And so you're shocked and outraged and repulsed by what they keep saying whenever you come around, but for them, you're giving them energy and it feels good to be noticed. So you keep wondering why they're so crazy and they spout all this insanity, but I'm actually affirming this behavior 
weirdly enough, by my disapproval of it. See how all these loops, we keep things in play. Even sometimes we are actively disagreeing and protesting, but our very presence and our reaction itself, they provoked us and we gave all sorts of energy back to them and it kept something in circulation. So if we're going to talk about hope, we have to first talk about how to become more tuned in to what we are participating in the creation of that makes a world that isn't the kind of world that we actually want to live in. So we do this creation and participation through our presence, our actions, our eyeballs, but all of it is energy. All of it is energy. And, and, and here's why this episode. Because it is subtle and it's easy to miss how these energies work, how they move, how they shift, and people overlook this all the time. And here's why this is so huge. Because there's all these things happening in your body, in our bodies, in your nervous system, in my heart, and we're trying to figure out what it is and why it is. This angst, this restlessness, we can't figure out what, God, the vibes are off. God, this, the feeling with this person, oh, a longing, twitchy, <laughs> do any of these words sound familiar? Twitchy, jittery, something just feels unusually heavy or discouraging, or God, we get around them and it's like the despair. Yeah, and the brain, your brain, our mind, are just racing to figure it out. What is going on here? But here's, here's why it's so important when it deals with hope, we have to talk about energy, because it's not about that. It's, it's about an exchange that is happening way beyond simply your mind and what it thinks. It's about a loop that's been created way deeper than just your brain and what thoughts it happens to be having. So, so here's an example. Uh, of of this subtle awareness and shift and how it's like plate tectonics. It, it, it just affects everything. So let's take an easy one. Um, here's a, here is a phrase that lots of people use now. It's become just a part of the lexicon, the vocabulary, the whatever, and it's just like a, yeah, of course, everybody just... So here's this phrase. Man, everything is so polarized. We've heard this, like, you've heard this, like, man, everything is just so polarized. Yeah, got it. Okay. So, however true that is, everybody, everything has gotten so polarized. Yes. There are a lot of people who see things that way, and there are a lot of people who see things in a totally different way. So, yes, true. Uh, this polarization is actually not new. Other people at other times in nations, groups, yeah. People having very strongly different views within the same entity, body, nation, state, etc. Yes, not new. This has happened before. Uh, let's think of another thing that's true about things being polarized. Oh, here's one. The extremes always get the most attention. The extreme, what is it, 10%? The extreme 20% on either end always get the most attention. That's what makes the news. It's the outrageous. It's the extreme. It's the like, what? That, that generally gets the most, right? So, so far, are you with me? 
All we're doing here is taking this phrase, everything is so polarized, and just saying very, (laughs) things that are so true, they're kind of boring about it. Yeah, people see things differently. This is actually not new, but it's very real. We're all feeling it. Uh, The extremes generally, here's here's another truth that's so true, it's boring about this. The world is changing. Demographics, technology, globalist, all the stuff you've heard a thousand times. And people are responding differently to these changes. Entire industries are being birthed. Other industries uh, are going away, are, are being phased out. Factories are shut. All sorts of things are changing. Some people have tremendous resentment about this. These changes have affected them viscerally, um, generationally. Uh, notice how we can study and analyze and learn about why exactly people are so polarized, how people got that way, what has shifted in the world, and what has amped up the role of media, the role of social media. Like, once again, I'm boring myself with all that. Notice how you and I can just do a very straightforward, learn about it, study it, analyze it, look at statistics, say, find out the truths behind the truths. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's why I did that whole boring section right there. But notice how you can move from facts about, man, everything is so polarized, to feeding, man, everything is so polarized. Notice how you can move from being informed and having insight about this polarization and how it came to be to being in a loop where you are fixated on how everything is more polarized than ever, and that creates a certain momentum that picks up steam. Notice how you can, let's say you're looking, uh, you're on the internet, you can endlessly click articles and news feeds that will feed back to you endless examples of how polarizing things are. And here's the shift. How it can quickly move from simply information gathering and insights into why into an energetic loop in which you're caught up in something that fills you with tremendous anger and restlessness and angst and despair. Do you see that? There's the facts of it, and then there's this way in which I can start feeding something that starts feeding it back to me. I can be informed, but I can also enter into this strange loop. Notice it's very difficult to name, but notice how you can feel it, in which that's what keeps coming back to me in lots of different ways. I can be learning about something, but it can also shift in something within me, somewhere within me, to where what I'm learning, it shifts to becoming a lens that I see everything through. Everything is so polarized, and then it just becomes, I see the polarization everywhere, and then I start to see more, and then it feeds me back more. Do you see how related this is to hope? This subtle shift. There is calling it what it is, and then there is that subtle shift that happens where suddenly you are caught up in something that you are thinking about, 
You are seeing it in more and more places. You are finding it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we're learning to do is spot that. Because we get to decide what we give our energies to. You get to decide. Now, sometimes you have to give your energy something that is the last thing you want to give energy to. Same truths here are totally in play. But, uh, okay, let's say uh, your sink is leaking and... Like, you got to fix the sink, so otherwise it's going to get the floor all wet, and then it's going to, who knows what's going to happen. Okay, so you, uh, you watch a YouTube instructional video on how to fix a leaky sink. You, you call somebody who's an expert in this sort of thing, and they come over. Yeah, there is giving it the energy that it needs, and then there is, why is everything always breaking? Ever, nothing works. You can't get anything of good quality. You call somebody and they can't come over for a day. There's no good help out there. Notice, that's a cartoon version, but notice the shift from giving it just the proper energy it needs, we got to fix that sink, to that energetic loop in which you're giving energy to this idea that everything is always breaking, that nothing works, that nobody, there's no good help, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Some situations, there isn't much about this that I can shape, right? The, the sink is leaking. Yeah, yeah. It's not like I can just magically like shape a world in which the sink, sinks don't leak. Yeah, so it seems very disempowered. That's just stuff that happens. Yes, but even that, yeah. You, you can fix the sink without fixating, obsessing, stewing, or ruminating. I will give it what it needs and no more. Yeah, that's how we tighten it up. That's how we tighten it up energetically. I will give this its proper amount, but I won't give it more. That shift right there, that here's the shift. There's giving energy to something, even things we don't want to, but it just has to be done. And then there's feeding it in such a way that I'm creating a loop and I'm actually creating a whole world around me that starts coming back to me and I'm keeping something in circulation and then wondering why this world is the way it is. Here's the thing. The world turns on these subtle tilts and shifts. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, my friends, this is... This is where the playing field is. This is the playing field you want to be in. This is the playing field you want to be in. Because these subtle tilts and shifts, what you give energy to, what you don't, whoo, once you see this, you probably won't even use the word hope anymore because it's so interesting. You'll find yourself caught up in such a compelling game. Here's a, here's a classic example. Let's take, there's somebody, uh, let's pick one. God, who, who of us? Uh, I'm sure you, yeah, of course you can relate to this. Okay, there's this person whose approval you want. There's this person whose approval, okay, let's say it this way. Uh, this person's approval, I crave it. I want them to notice me. I want them to think I'm awesome. I want to think I'm legit. I want their stamp. I want them to be like, you are special. 
Anybody know about that? Yes. I have a long list of people over my life, over the course of my life, where I'm like, oh, God, if I just, uh, yeah, they're them telling me I'm legit. Now I, yeah, that would be all. I would love that. Okay. I want them to notice me, validate me. And so we give that a lot of energy. Maybe not externally. Maybe somebody watching this wouldn't see it, but inside our head, you know that running dialogue? How am I doing? How's it going? What do they think of me? What's, uh, what am I noticing from them? How are they looking? How are they speaking? Do they see? Have they, okay, I'm checking that. I'm reading that email again. What's in there? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then you become aware of this, of how much energy you've been giving to this. And then you don't give it any energy anymore. Yeah, I don't need their approval. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't need them to notice. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, and notice how the entire space around you transforms around you, within you. You give that up. You stop giving that energy. You take it out of circulation and look what it does to you. Look what it does inside of you. Look what it does. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see how hope is less a thought, feeling, and belief and, and much more a lived experience? Yeah. Or, or think about some person that you know and the dynamics be- between you are just a mess. Uh, who, who knows what it is? That there's, and it's easy to allow that to take over to where you're obsessing. There are lots of reasons for that sort of thing. But you're, you're obsessing, you're narrating. Or how about this one? If you had uh, something with some other person where after the interaction, you just play it back on repeat over and over and what they said and what you said. And wait, were they, was that like a dig? Were they like cutting at me? Or were they just saying that sort of innocent? What what they really mean by that? And, it, and it, it just takes over to where it's like you can't stop. You're like stuck in the last time you saw them, just replaying it over and over, giving it so much. And what was going on there? And why did they get, and they get so under your skin. Yeah, yeah, you're giving this so much energy. And then you realize that it isn't all them. You realize that the obsessing, the narrating, and the playing it back actually keeps something in circulation. So the next time you see them, you've already poured a bunch of the kind of energy that you, that you don't want between you. You've already poured it into the space between them. Yeah. So what we're learning to notice is the things that I think is them, but it is, in fact, by the exercise of my energy, something that I'm keeping in circulation. And I keep saying, why are they like this? But I am helping keep it in circulation. You can see something and not give it oxygen. You can see it and notice it and be aware of it without feeding it. Otherwise, no wonder it keeps coming back to me. No wonder I keep having this experience with them. I'm contributing to it in some hard-to-describe way. Why do they do this to me? Perhaps at some level, I'm creating this dynamic just as much of them. Maybe it's simply because I even put up with it. Maybe I, I even let this, these interactions go on. Who knows? It keeps finding me, maybe because I keep giving it energy. 
Yep. 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 You gotta tighten that up, friends. We gotta tighten that up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Now, uh, okay, let's keep going. For many people, their understanding of hope is rooted in a disempowered view of a world that is outside. So the world is just, it is what it is, and then I have these thoughts, feelings, and beliefs about it that are either positive or negative, optimistic or pessimistic. I have hope or I don't. The invitation is to move to this greater understanding in which I see that these often subtle and nuanced moves about how I give my energy and what I give my energy and what I don't give my energies to these shape the world around me and the space around me and within me. And when I come to see that all of this, what I can give to, what I can't give to, when I come to see this playing field, that always, always, always leads us to seeing how empowered we actually are, and that always makes our lives more compelling. Because we're like, oh, wait, I can just take this one out of circulation. Yeah, look at that. Oh, I can just stop that one right there. I don't need to give needing their approval. I don't need to give that inner energy. Oh, look. Yeah, so here, so here, here. once again, we're mastering the obvious. Here's a question. Can you not give energy to certain things? <laughs> yeah, that, that alone, that alone. Try that. Try that. The next few days, try that. Try noticing. Oh, I'm not going to give that energy. And watch what happens. Watch what happens. Now, uh, what we're doing at some level is we're moving the unconscious to the conscious. So as you are becoming more aware of all of this energy and what I'm feeding and then wondering why it comes back to me and then I'm not feeding it anymore and all of a sudden realizing less of it is coming back to me, oh, wait, I can actually play with this. What we're doing is we're moving the unconscious. All of the things that we were contributing to, participating in, creating, shaping, and forming without realizing it, what we're doing is we're simply moving the unconscious to the conscious. We're becoming more aware. Oh, no wonder they treat me that way. I pour all this energy into this dynamic, and then... They do what they've always done, and I keep it all in play. That's hope right there. You didn't see it, but now you do. I'm telling you, that's hope. And this may take a while to sink in, you know, to, to absorb, but when this happens, when the unconscious, that which you've been participating in and shaping and creating without realizing it, when it becomes something you see and realize, oh, I always click on headlines inv involving that person. And then guess what? When I open my computer, it feeds me more headlines about that person, and it never makes my life better. <laughs> oh, when you see this, oh my God. There's just a giant, oh... Some of this is my doing. And if I've been doing it, then that means I cannot do it. Or I can do it in different ways. 
when you see the expenditure of your energy and you see how you get to decide how to spend it and how not to spend it, yeah, you're not going to be wondering if there's hope in the world because you're just it. You're in it. Yeah. Oh, wait, I could change that. Yeah, yeah, also called hope. Yeah. By the way, tangent, and once again, there are no tangents. You'll find a lot less finger pointing. Because oftentimes the finger pointing, you know what I'm talking about. That's a certain kind of energy. So much energy is often given to things that people are convinced are out of their control. This is just how it is. When how it is, is up for grabs. Yeah. Yeah. When your fundamental lens is separation, then there's you here and the world out here. It instantly moves to disempower and instantly moves to, this is just how the world, look at how jacked up it is, how hopeless it is, how going off the rails it is. And of course, there are actual serious, massive, systemic, giant issues and problems. It's not like it isn't going off the rails, but it the separation always feeds the finger pointing because look, 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 look. And it appears as though it's wisdom. Look at, I can see how broken it is when what you're actually learning is that how it is is actually up for grabs. Yeah, because I am way more aware of all the little ways that I can take new steps in new directions. Yeah, yeah. That's why when you think about it, the wise ones and all sorts of different art forms and disciplines and areas often end up using words like play because you realize how much you can play with it. And obviously the seriousness and heaviness of, of the state of the world, lightness and play is in, in some ways is the only way you can get to the seriousness of it, to actually things starting to tilt. Yeah, yeah. Not giving your energy to things. Whoo-wee. If you want to see, if you want to see some things tilt and change, yeah. Think of how many things you have benefited from, how many good, new, innovative, whatever things you have benefited from that are because somebody somewhere stopped propping up things they didn't believe in and stopped giving energy to things that didn't work and started giving energy to new ways. Yeah, so all the angst that we often feel, the, oh, this doesn't work, this doesn't... Yeah, yeah, they felt that. They felt that like, ah, oh, this is so... The frustration, the anger, the... This is so broken. This is so jacked up. This is so inefficient. This is so not helping the people who need the help the most. Yeah, yeah, and they listened to that. And they stopped giving energy to systems, to structures, to family dynamics, to codes and beliefs and rules that, yeah, they stopped giving energy to whole patterns and loops. They stopped keeping things in circulation that they're like, that isn't the kind of world I want to live in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a lot of the things that you are like, this is amazing. This has so helped me. Yeah, it's probably because somebody somewhere was like, yeah, let's make something better. So let's stop giving energy to that, start giving energy to this. Yeah. 
you know what? Some people, they know they're going to get a reaction from you. They're counting on it. They know that you're going to respond that way. Yeah. They actually love it when you give them that energy. Yeah. You do, you give that response that you give, you give the shock, the outrage, you act offended, you start tweeting about it, you start texting people and telling them what happened. You do that and it keeps the whole thing in circulation. Yeah, yeah, they get off on the exercise and you giving energy to it. Yeah, they know just what to say. Yeah, yeah. That's what's happening right now. Like, there's a world of people on the one side that know that the people on the other side politically, all you got to say is a, this thing, or you got to say that thing, or you got you to say that phrase the wrong way, and these people are going to come out of their socks. Does it come out of your socks? Come out of your skin? They're going to come out of their skin and their socks. Yeah, and they know this. And they know that they can put it on TikTok and they know they're going to get views and they can use the word own. So-and-so owns the whoever. They own the people on this side. They own the people on that side. They own, oh, gross, all of it. Once you see this, oh, God, they're all giving each other, yeah, all this energy. Yeah, these people on the left or these people on the right, they need the other people to respond that way they need the other people to give energy to the thing they just said because that's their job. Their job is pointing out the other side. Yeah, yeah, they need someone to react. Yeah. So what you're doing, what we're doing, is we're learning that if we feed it, it will probably come back to us. And we're learning to notice what we feed and what it creates and we're breaking these cycles, we're stopping these loops, we're interrupting these circulation patterns. Yeah, and just that, just that alone, just that alone shifts all kinds of things. Tighten it up, my friends. Yeah, if this is you, if your energies, if you are all over the place, yeah, if your energies are spread out like a dog's breakfast, yeah, tighten it up. Tighten it up. Yeah, yeah, tighten it up. What kind of world do you want to live in? Very simple. Let's do a couple of very practical things. What kind of world do you want to live in? Give energy to things that make that. I know it's super, super, it's simple because always, the path forward is always incredibly simple. Yeah. And if things are off or backwards or out of line, who've gone off the rails, yeah, you notice it, you see it, you spot it without feeding it. And notice this language, this language of seeing it without feeding it. And what happens is you'll begin to see, oh, this thing right here, I just keep feeding this. Yeah, and you'll notice, okay, what if I stop, you start to play with it. I'm going to stop feeding that. Every time I talk to them, I just tee them up, and then they say that stuff, and then I ask them another question. God, I just keep, yeah, I, I, I like, I'm like t-ball practice for them. Okay, I'm going to stop feeding that, see what happens. Yeah, by the way, warning. You may have some interesting, parentheses, awkward interactions with people. When you start realizing the ways that you've been participating to dynamics that are driving you crazy, and you simply stop participating in certain things, yeah, it can get a little, di- it can get a little, <laughs> can get a little awkward at times. It's okay. It's okay, but you'll see how powerful it is. 
Yeah, you'll see. You'll see how powerful it is. Watch how much shifts simply by paying attention to what you give your energy to. Yeah, there's being informed. We're all for that, and then there's being caught in a loop. Yeah, things that make you worry about the future of the world not that interesting. All the endless new little moves and steps you can take within your one very interesting life, very interesting. You cannot listen to that. You cannot give them an audience. You cannot click on that. You cannot loop on that. You can click on that. You can give that energy. You can give that an audience, and it's all good. Yeah, you can do all that. Uh, You can have someone ask you, you know, hey, have you heard about... And before they even give the full sentence, you can just say, oh, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. Have I heard about what so-and-so said? I'm good. I don't need to hear it. I'm good. I've heard a lot of what they've said. (laughs) I got enough of them in my head. Yeah, they've rented enough free space in my head. Oh, yeah. And this one, very straightforward. You don't have to open every meal. Every every meal? You don't (laughs) have... Yeah, if someone sends you a meal, you don't have to open it. You don't have to open every email. You don't have to open every text someone sends you. You don't have to watch every YouTube clip. Yeah. I have... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I had a friend uh, a while ago who would send me articles on a particular topic, and I would be (laughs) like, dude, I don't read articles about this. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, that was a friend from another life years ago, but somehow thought that I was fascinated or always wanted to be kept up to loop on something. And I would be like, "Um, just for the record, I don't ever read anything about this. I'm simply not interested. I can't tell you how many times I had to respond before they stopped coming. I don't know about that, and I'm fine with that. We'll talk about blinders in a couple parts from now. Um, There are unhelpful blinders, there are also absolutely necessary blinders, which is when we talk about being disciplined and focused about our energies. Some of it involves, yeah, being really disciplined and focused, which means I can't take it all in. Yeah, you don't have to open every email and the attachment to it. You don't have to read every text. The link that was sent, you know what the link is about. Do you want more about that thing, person, topic, struggle, whatever it is? Maybe you do. Yeah. You can be very informed and tuned in to what's happening in the world. And that can be a world of things that you simply never let into your brain and heart. Yeah. You can give all kinds of energy to a person, what they're doing, their success, to comparing yourself to them. You can give all sorts of energy to how much they don't get it. How come they don't get it? Um, Yeah. Or you cannot. Yeah. Really? Another article you're going to read where you're going to be, how come they think that way? Really? Are you really not know? Is it really that interesting? You don't just don't have to give energy to wondering how come they're like that. You don't have to. Oh, here's one. You don't have to give energy to how they said you're supposed to do it. You can take their voice off your shoulder. The expert the agent, the authority figure, the family member, the, you know, the mentor. You can give energy to wondering what they think or listening to their voice on your shoulder. You can also not give it any energy anymore. Yeah, sometimes growing up is, yes, they helped shape me and form me. Thank you for everything. And now I'm going to do it how I do it. And it might be slightly different than how you did it. And it's okay. I'm okay with it. 
Yeah. Yeah. You can give energy to what they said to you a long time ago and keep bringing it up. You know, they said, you know, they told me, you know, they think, yeah. Or you can just move on. You can stop giving it energy. I know they think that you're a whatever. And so every time it's clearly a new moment for you, you go, yeah, you have that voice in your head telling you, you know, they think, or you just not give it energy. Yeah, you cannot give energy to what they'll think. You cannot give energy to, if you do this, what will they say? What will they think? What will they post about you? What will they talk about? What feet? You, you can just not give it energy. Yeah. And notice how much more energy you actually have. Yeah. Oh, here's one. Whew. Here's what we got to tighten. Let's tighten up. Get ready, team. We're going to tighten up here on this one. You can give energy to how it went the last time you did that. You can give energy to what happened in the past. You can give energy to the first time you tried that. Sure. Uh, and so what happens then is anytime it's, it, it, there's the new thing, you go, well, when I do this, this is what happens. No, this is what happened then. You are not who you were. So you can give all sorts of energies to a story about, oh, I uh, don't do that because I don't know how to do that. Yeah, but you aren't who you are. I don't. I, I can't try that because this is what happened last time. You can give energy to that story. It's a crap story. Now is not then. Yeah. Yeah. This is now. You don't have to give energy to all those old stories. They don't work anyway. Yeah. You can only give energy to stories that fill you with a sense of, oh, look, it's me here today. What an interesting thing. You can give energy to stories that are that. If you feed it, it will probably keep coming back to you. If you feed it, it will probably create some sort of circulation loop. So what we're learning to do is notice what we feed and what it creates in us and what it creates around us. And we're noticing when I feed it this and what comes back around, is this the kind of world I want to live in? Yeah. Now, obviously, I've been using feeding like in a negative sense. Feeding obviously is in a positive sense as well. You start feeding it the kinds of things that build the kind of world you want to be a part of, and guess what it does? Yeah, you start seeing those. Those start coming back around. Yeah. The problem with hope for many people is it's too vague a concept. It just becomes a concept. It just becomes a thing you either have or you don't. The reason why I'm doing this and talking to you about this is there's a whole other way to see hope. Yeah. You can see it as a thing you have or you don't. You can also see hope as an awareness of what you're creating. Yeah. You can also see hope as the, oh, look, there are new ways here, new steps, new possibilities, new things to give my energy to, which means new things I don't have to give my energy to. Yeah. There are entanglements I have here energetically. I can simply, it might take a minute, disentangle myself from that. What am I feeding? What am I giving my energy to? What am I inadvertently participating in? Yeah, yeah. Remember merry-go-rounds on the playground? And that thing would come around and you'd grab that like metal pole and you'd fling it and it like whew, just go faster and faster. And you like you had your friend, there's a kid in school named Steven Sprinkle. You just get that thing going because you just wanted to watch Steven Sprinkle. Sprinkle throw up his lunch, right? You just get that thing going as fast as possible. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. But if you don't keep flinging it when it comes by you, then eventually it slows down. Yeah, eventually it slows down. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. My friends, is there anything you need to tighten up? Because your energies are spread out like a dog's breakfast. Let's tighten that up. Stop giving energy to that person. Stop giving energy to that idea. Stop clicking on those headlines. Yeah, yeah, you could do this. Just watch, just watch what happens. Yeah, yeah. And hope, watch hope, watch it. It becomes less a thing you have or don't have. Watch hope become simply how it works. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There you go, my friends. That's part two. We'll keep going. Peace and love to you now more than ever.